Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and joining us today is Paul Merritt. He is the CEO and founder at MeData.io. Welcome, Paul. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Such an exciting product that you have here. Why don't you give our listeners a little insight into what it is and how it all works? Okay, so MyData.io is essentially what we call a personal data ownership platform, and that allows people to take ownership of their personal data, um, but it has two main value propositions attached to it. There's the ability to um, put privacy control on your data, and then the other aspect is the ability to earn the value or extract the value out of your data, so earn money on your data. That sounds good to me because there's so many companies out there that are using Using our data, and yes, we've opted in, but it'd be nice if we got paid for for what essentially is generating income for them. Exactly. Essentially, what these companies are using our data for is to advertise to us. And so they are being paid for our time and attention to look at ads on their platform that our data points us to or points to the ads that we should see. Uh, We feel that you should be paid for your time and attention to look at those ads and be matched through your data. But the key to it is taking control and privacy of your data so that nobody actually ever sees the data, just the insights that point to you that match you with ads, that match you with people who are looking for insights from because ultimately that's what the data con- or the data, data consumers like the brands and advertisers, that's what they're looking for. They don't want data, they want insights from data. But, of course, they've got all the concerns now with regard to the, especially the new regulations in California, the Consumer uh, Privacy Act in California, that allows people to have ownership of their data. So now there's concerns about warehousing the data and how you collect the data. So if somebody else can hold the data and these companies can still get the insights and you get paid for providing uh, essentially access to those insights through your data, and it's a win-win for everyone. Absolutely. And and seems to me like a no-brainer in how it should actually work. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I actually had what has evolved into this idea back in 1993 when I first heard of the Internet. And I <laughs> thought, wow, there's finally a way for people to gather together as a collective voice to start to hold companies accountable, organizations, that sort of thing, you know, and, I felt what was missing is the ability to organize, as the and it never really happened. I, you know, the I saw to it were things like Yelp and TripAdvisor, where you know that's where a lot of us go to get feedback from each other to learn about what it is that we should purchase. But that's the the extent that it got. It never really got picked up as a um, a way for us to truly organize. I mean, of course, the, the major social platforms have been used for people to do that, and we've seen that a number of times over the years. But ultimately, that's not what they were designed for. That's what they got used for. Um, mm-hmm. What we tried to do at the time was uh, develop 
uh, an idea platform that allows people to aggregate around an idea movement and uh, start to organize and execute on it. So actually, back in the 90s, I, back in the day, I registered a domain name. It was called hypergripe.com, where you could hype something or gripe about it just as a way to get it out there. Uh, but then it evolved into a company called Mover, M-U-U-V-E-R, that essentially we saw there was new ways. Uh, and this is after the social media companies came into play, like Twitter and Facebook, where people started to organize. And we saw that uh, the hashtag was a great way for people to start to organize around an idea. Um, but we wanted to give people more organizational power or more say than just a hashtag. So we created what's called a super tag, which is essentially a hashtag with up to three pluses and minuses after it. So you could say how much you like or dislike whatever it is that you're talking about and allowed us to aggregate that data from one to create a, a score for product or idea. So you would mm-hmm. say like hashtag Mac plus 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 or hashtag big Mac minus 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 which all gets aggregated into a score so that everybody can see an actual consumer sentiment score towards anything, essentially. And what happened from that was I started to see that we're collecting some pretty sensitive information about people when they start to tell us what they like and dislike. Um, That essentially, and I started to actually write a patent about this, it, when you collect somebody's likes and dislikes, it allows you to extract what's called their interest graph. So you can see um, their basic and general interests around their likes and dislikes. But from that, you can also extrapolate a taste graph. So where my interests might be pickup trucks and Italian food, my specific tastes are black Ford F-150s and veal parmesan with extra cheese. Mm-hmm. And... From those two things, along with your sentiment graph, we can put together a psychographic profile that with all that data, we plug it into an artificial intelligence and it knows what you're going to buy for the next two weeks before you know what you're going to buy. So it started to get pretty scary. (laughs) And I thought, there is no way anybody, I wouldn't even do this. So uh, I quickly realized that the only solution really was to just to start get, to give people control of their data um, and that it was this idea of by giving people control of the data and allowing them to extrapolate the value out of it, then it's a win-win for everybody because ultimately it's the consumers of the data that are willing to pay the consumers, producers of the data so uh, it all works out in the end, as long as there's ownership of the data by the consumer. And by some crazy uh, parallel universe that we jumped into just over the new year, um, everything started to just, new technology started to come out like blockchain that allowed this to be a lot more trustworthy. Um, and then in March, the whole uh, Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal happened. And that just blew the lid off of this where um, now personal data ownership is actually a budding new industry, I'd say, that has many competitors that are approaching it from different angles. But we're, we're taking a more privacy-based angle, you know, that because um, a lot of companies recognize that if you do aggregate your data, you can sell it. But we feel and we actually just uh, launched a 
wrote a blog on this about actually sell the data, that's great, but it's not worth as much as it is as the insights from it are. And you essentially negate your privacy by spreading the data around everywhere. So you negate your privacy and you you dilute the value from literally selling the data. So we say sell the insights, not the data. Our approach to it. No, that that makes sense. And and I, I love how you have, you know, the consumer in mind here because, you know, we want to be marketed to for specific things. You know, I don't want just ads and anything, but at the same time, it just gets creepy really quickly <laughs> when, you, when right. you get and, too pinpointed. Right. And that's sort of how the system works right now. So everybody knows that they're being tracked through the social forms that they're on, the websites mm-hmm. that they visit, that stuff. Um, in fact, there's, uh, we were at a Deloitte event recently, uh, Deloitte predictions, TMT predictions for 2018, and they coined adlergic, that people are literally getting advertising to the point where they are doing everything they can to avoid advertising from using ads to, uh, you know, whole new industries have been come out of this, like Netflix and Shop- or, um, Spotify and, and companies like that that are essentially ad-free platforms, membership-based ad-free mm-hmm. platforms that people are willing to pay for just to avoid ads, you know? Yep. So uh, the problem has been is that it's been this whole hide-and-seek game between consumers and advertisers where consumers are doing everything they can to hide from the advertiser and the, con- and the advertiser do- are using all kinds of technology like tracking technology, retargeting, uh you wouldn't believe how they actually do share our data amongst all the companies. That's how they know so much about us. And it's essentially that's it's that data that's out there about you that they're getting all this fragmented insights from because it's in so many different forms, so many different formats. It's not that accurate. Now, mm-hmm. um, typically how it's done, it's called natural language processing, NLP. And so what they do is they form um, a data set about all your, what are called, we'll call data points. So all of your um, all of your demographic information and stuff like that. And then they use natural language processing to try and figure out your sentiment based on scores of certain to figure out do you like things or dislike them. And that has its inaccuracies because the algorithms have to be figuring out um, things like and sarcasms or even slang. So whereas some younger generations might say, you know, that car is sick, the algorithm would see something's wrong with the car, not that it's an awesome car. So mm-hmm. that's what sort of the problem that we're trying to solve in twofold is now with super tags, it's not uh, broken, fragmented, out there spying that's being done on you. You are explicitly saying this is what I think about this and how much I think about it. And it can be done on any platform. It's wherever there's hashtags, you can use a super tag. And uh, we are the personal data ownership platform. For you. you basically just sign up, uh, connect your social accounts, and you've seen it. And this is actually how the Cambridge Analytica thing happened, was through those connect with Facebook buttons, connect with Twitter you know, those uh, what are called OAuth mm-hmm. buttons that you can join many websites for. The initial intention was just to allow you to easily create an account. But through the data APIs, the developer APIs at Facebook and Twitter, you can, as the developer of that app, 
request to get almost all the data on that person available. And that's essentially what Cambridge Analytica did. Uh, but they didn't do it, actually. It's another company that did it that it got sold to Cambridge Analytica. But um, it's that principle of just connecting your accounts anywhere you're going to use super tags that we can then just look at your feed. And if it's got a super tag in it, we aggregate the vote into the score for that item, whatever it might be. And you have some. So really I'm sort of rambling on all over the place about <laughs> this, but there's a lot to it. And that's that's what people. Um, and, and just to get to, you know, the the, uh, the focus of what your podcast is about is the future tech. Where this can lead to is where it gets really exciting. Um, this is just the immediate stuff that we're talking about. But when we look at what the potential blockchain and AI in the future come out of personal data, what are called virtual agents. In fact, we just uh, made an agreement with uh, Dr. Anne Kabukian, who is the former privacy commissioner of Ontario in Canada. And... She is actually the creator of the set pools of privacy by design. And after seeing what we were doing, we just naturally thought that's the way it should, and essentially built our platform following those seven principles. And uh, from that, yes. Yeah. So essentially, um, this was leading to personal data ownership side of things. Is that, oh, the future, these personal uh, virtual agents. That's right. My apologies. So. In the future, you can have a virtual agent act on your behalf out there anywhere. And, and there's multiple virtual agents that you might have. One is your privacy agent. So it, right now, it doesn't make sense to have to go to 200 different platforms and agree to 200 different terms of use and privacy policies that you'll never read. And it would take hundreds of hours to read, even if you did, and you wouldn't understand them if you did read them. But... By setting your privacy controls in one place, it allows an, an agent to act on your behalf where those platforms adhere to the privacy uh, settings within that agent, essentially. That's just one thing. Your uh, what's called a decentralized ID, a, a, an identification system that can be uh, used anywhere. So no more usernames and passwords your essentially your connection to the internet that has access to your data knows it's you. I know that's getting out there for conceptual wise, but essentially by you owning all your data, there is no better identifier that this is you. Mm -hmm. And with blockchain, um, there's a lot of people working on this right now. In fact, uh, there's a number of companies at the Decentralized Identification Foundation that are working on a standardized protocol that allows a uh, multitude of these different blockchains and and standard uh, stack platforms to uh, start to utilize this central or decentralized identification system. So it starts to take your privacy into account. Like, um, you know, if a bouncer at a, a bar needs to verify your age, he shouldn't get address as well or any other personal information. So should let him know that, yes, you are of age, period. They need to know. So it has further reaching in those directions, but on the commercial side of things, you're also looking at uh, a virtual agent that can go out and buy things for you, act on your behalf, try to get the best deals for you, look for things that you need that it knows you're going to need because it's your personal assistant as well. And then it can also have an arm that is an agent that helps extrapolate the most value out of your data that it can by providing insights to uh, certain companies that are within the realm of your privacy settings of your 
privacy agent. So it has in the future uh, huge implications that I think start to steer us away from what we're starting to see as a, a 1984 culture right now or uh, a big brother culture to a more um, decentralized power to the people type of uh, future that you know simply taking control of your data can help. No, absolutely. So how how would you sign up for for me data? You know, what it, what do the steps take to sign up? Um, how can you get started so, and some things? Yeah, so right now the we've been working on a number of um, what are called MVPs. Uh, what we're finding from our initial user testing and is that um, I'm sure you can imagine just from what I talk about here that how complex this can get. And mm-hmm. we're finding that you can't launch a platform with that level of complexity to somebody in the very beginning because they're just going to get baffled and won't know where to begin. Revamping our approach and also taking consideration um, the time it's taking blockchain to mature that um, and looking at the number of differences that people are taking to personal data ownership. In fact, um, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the internet, um, has recently stated in the last few years that the number one problem with the internet is that we've lost control of our personal data. And now he's working on project with MIT called solid solid.mit.edu and it's a, a protocol for personal data so um, we're before we jump you know waist deep into it we're looking at what all the potential technologies are out there and uh, to get to your question about you know how can you sign up we're looking for alpha testers right now so you can go to mydata.io m-i-d-a-t-t-a.io and pre-register there. And we're going to be allowing a number of our initial pre-registrations at our MVP and our alpha product to help us testing and um, basically to get some data in the system before we actually launch it as a beta product. Um, So we're going to be launching our alpha hopefully in the next month or two. So uh, uh, we're asking people to please come and pre-register and uh, we'll be sending out the alpha registration shortly. And We've got some exciting ways for people to start entering data without getting too scary, hopefully, anyway. Exactly, you know, I think exactly. That's, and, and that's what it's really ultimately going to take is that people just – and that's sort of the problem with where we're at as an industry right now is people don't even know this is possible. You know, It's just blockchain and these new regulations like GDPR and the CCPA um, that basically give ownership of the data back to the people. So it's, That's I amazing. want to thank Facebook. Yeah. And, and what Facebook's been doing for this whole uh, industry has been amazing as well, but uh, it's unfortunate that it's happening to people. But I think, you know, we all need to recognize that this, the internet is still way in its infancy. You know, it's 20, 25 years old, but do we call a 25 year old mature? I think, no. uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a that can, that can come out of this, that, in the initial stages, of course, it was a commercialized form um, for people to use, and uh, we got social media out of it, which I think is great. I don't think people should delete Facebook. I really like Facebook. I think it just needs to be fixed. Um, and I think, you know, that's a dilemma that a lot of people have, that they don't want to have be spied on and have their data abused or profiteered from because they see the value in platforms like Facebook and Twitter. 
Instagram, that sort of thing. And uh, it's, I think it's with these new regulations, and in, in the short time, we're going to see people starting to realize that they can take control of their data and create a, a future that right now we can't even imagine. Absolutely. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and, and giving us a wonderful insight into into what is happening with our data, but also a really wonderful solution to this problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That is Paul Merrick. He is the CEO and founder at needata.io. That's M-I-D-A-T-A dot I-O. Check them out. Thank you all so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. I'm Juliette Lamar, your host. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.